Welcome back, GPSers, to another week of the GPS Podcast. As you are well aware, this is an unusual week for our class and our church because of the fact that we did not gather together as we traditionally do each week. And so in light of the unusual circumstances of this weekend and this last week, I wanted to offer a podcast reflection on the situation in which we find ourselves in light of what we have been studying in class for the last few months. As you know, we've been looking at Genesis 1 and 2 as a foundational and first text for our reading of Scripture and for the way that we read our lives. This past week, in fact, the last two weeks in the life of our community have reminded us that we are no longer in a Genesis 1 or 2 world, but we are in a Genesis 3 world. And there are stresses and difficulties, uncertainties and anxieties that we face because of the time and place that we live. And yet the thing that we've also been talking about is though that even though we are not in the Genesis 1 and 2 world, we still carry with us truths and foundational claims about our lives that are started in those foundational texts. And I think that those passages and some truths revealed there are particularly important as we are in recovery from severe storms of two weeks ago and as we're in this season of uncertainty in light of the coronavirus and a lot of questions that are swirling and emotions that are tossing and turning within each of us. And so what I'd like to do is make three reflections based upon Genesis 1 and 2 that I think are important for us to remember as we move ahead in what is uncertain and difficult and anxious time. But I think there are a few truths from Genesis 1 and 2 that are worth holding on to in a season like this one. The first is that we can find stability in the goodness of God's creation. One of the opening reflections that we talked about when it comes to Genesis 1 is that one of the best ways to think about what this text is, is to think of it as a poem, to think of it as a song, to think of it as this cadence from worship for the people of God. In fact, traditionally, people have believed that this creation poem emerged from the worship setting of Israel. Week after week, Israel would gather together to worship Creator God, and a part of that was to read and reread this creation poem. We get a sense of that rhythm and that refrain of, and God saw that it was good, 
and God saw that it was good, and as a culmination to that song, and God saw that it was very good. That as you read through Genesis 1, there is a order and a structure that the people of God believe are embedded in creation and more deeply and more significantly embedded in the creator of that creation. One fairly popular understanding of the origin of Genesis 1 and 2 is that it emerged for the people of God when they were in exile. The Babylonian exile was this critical and important moment for the people of God because it was a time where they were taken away from their homes. Their town of Jerusalem and the temple were destroyed and they were exiled. They were taken away from everything that was familiar to them. And it was in that place, if you can even imagine, where they no longer had a sense of identity. They no longer had a sense of place. This superpower, bigger than any one of them, had had come and destroyed everything they knew to be familiar and had taken with them all of that security and stability that they once felt. And it was in that place of exile that they returned to these familiar and profound texts. It was in that situation of exile that they began to remind themselves of how the story begins and who starts the story of Scripture. And so this creation poem emerged as this really faithful and stable claim for them in the midst of uncertainty. That there was something about creation for the people of God and the one who stood behind that creation, the Creator God, that provided for them a foundation, provided for them trust and faith. And I think that's important for us to remember as we have read and reread this opening chapter of the Bible to remember the origin from which it came. It came out of a group of people, people of faith, who said even though there may be some instability, even though there may be uncertainty, even though we may feel like what was familiar has been taken from us, that we can still look around at the rhythm and order of creation, the rising of the sun and the setting of the sun, the budding of trees with green and white and pink, grass beginning to flourish around, birds singing early in the morning, stars out in the middle of the night. We can look around at these snapshots of creation and they serve as these grounding moments because they remind us of what Jesus reminded his disciples that the God who cares for the birds, the God who who cares for all of creation, also cares for us. And so there's something about going outside, 
there's something about stepping out into your yard, listening to the rustle of the trees, watching the sun setting, that inherently should provide for us a reminder of the creator behind that beautiful creation. Creation sustained the people of God once, and it has continued to sustain the people of God through the years because it reminds us that there is a good creator God who sustains and upholds us through all seasons. And I think that is one important reminder for us from Genesis 1 in the circumstances in which we find ourselves. The second is a reflection from what is often considered the culmination or the climax of this creation poem in Genesis 1, where God decides to create you and me. God decides to create humanity, and God says, let us make humankind in our image. And as we keep reading in verses 26, 27, and 28, we are told that God created humankind in His image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. And then right after that identity statement, He gives us an action statement, a calling and a purpose. That He tells us to go and to be fruitful and to multiply and to fill the earth and subdue it. He tells us to rule and have dominion over the earth. And as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, this is a really significant statement because of what it reveals about God and what it reveals about us. That God in this moment is giving over power to humans. That God in this moment is giving over responsibility to humans. In this moment, God is calling us to be good stewards of what God has given us. And so while on the one hand, we believe that God is the creator of all and that we look around creation and we see beauty and stability and glimpses of God, on the other hand, we also find in Genesis 1 this firm conviction that humans are called to do something (laughs) That we're called to make something of the world, to be agents of creativity and care, that we're to, to cultivate things and to take what we have been given with real responsibility. To be good stewards is what it means to be human, no matter what we've been given, that we're also called to go and reflect the image of God where we find ourselves. And I think that's an important truth for us to remember, that inherent to our identity is this call to responsibility. And we find ourselves in a time where it's easy to throw our hands up and say that we can't do anything or to throw our hands up and say, well, it's all up to God. And yet, those convictions go against the grain of what we're told in Genesis 1, that we are called 
to do something, that we're called to be responsible agents, that we're called by God to be men and women who go and reflect the image of God with responsibility and purpose in all seasons. And a reason why I think that is an important thing for us to remember in a time like this is to remember that our actions do matter. Uh, To remember that the things that we choose to do and not do have a ripple effect. And as we're discerning the best steps to take as a nation and as a country and as a church, that we should take very seriously the actions that are within our control to make a difference and to make this situation better. One of the reasons that our leadership decided to cancel services today is because we're trying to take that responsibility seriously. We're trying to do what we can to make things better as soon as possible. Not just for us, but for others. As a friend of mine recently said, that we find ourselves in a time where loving our neighbor is pretty obvious. That loving our neighbor means that we try to take actions to help slow the spread of what is currently a really uncertain virus that is rippling out that officials and scientists have told us there are actions we can take to do something about it. And I personally believe being a good steward, being a person who reflects the image of God and who honors the image of God and others is that we take that very seriously. Because praying to the God who created the heavens and the earth and washing your hands are not mutually exclusive actions. Finally, one of the claims made in Genesis 1 and 2 that distinguishes humanity from all other creatures is not just that the image of God is in us, but also what we will read in Genesis 2 is that the breath of God is also in us. Because after we're told in Genesis 2 that that God creates man, God then breathes into humanity the breath of life. And it says, And the man became a living being. That the very breath of God is breathed into humanity. And in the same way every man, woman, and child reflects the image of God, so too the very breath that we have is a gift from God. And the reason why I think that's an important reminder is not just to remember that the very breath we take is a gift, the very breath we have sustains us, and that is a gift ultimately through from God that He gives through us. But also, in times like 
these times of anxiety and uncertainty, fear, and chaos, we can lose our sense of grounding. We can lose our sense of centeredness. We can get tossed and turned by all of our emotions and by the next news headline. And we can completely forget to breathe. We can completely forget to do the very thing that stands at our center that keeps us alive and well, and that is simply to breathe deeply and to remember the one who gives us our breath. The very breath of God continues to pump through our lungs, and it is that breath that reminds us of our source and our origin. Creator God breathing in to each and every one of us. And one of the things that I think is very helpful to me in these seasons where I feel anxious or afraid or like the world and my life is out of control is simply to return to my breath, to practice slowly, intentionally, and faithfully breathing in and out each time, remembering the God who gives me that very breath. And it's with that in mind that I want us to close this particular podcast with a prayer practice that we've done in class before that is one that I think is very, very helpful to ground us to what One theologian said from the last century, to the God who is the ground of our being. And so if you're listening to this and you're not moving around right now, I would invite you to move through this prayer practice with me as a way to calm, to breathe, to center, and to remember the God who sustains us in all seasons. So if you would, I would ask you to get into a comfortable position in a chair with your back up straight and both feet on the ground. And you can either take your hands and put your palms face down on your knees comfortably or put them face up comfortably or simply interlock your hands and rest them comfortably in your lap, but I would invite you, once you're in a seated and comfortable position, to close your eyes and take one huge deep breath in through your nose, and then take one huge exhale of that breath out. And that you would again take a deep breath in through your nose. And as your lungs begin to fill with your eyes closed, I would ask you to imagine the life and light of God filling your lungs. And then as you release that deep breath, exhaling out, that on the exhale you would imagine all of the stress 
and worry and anxiety that you feel to watch it drift far, far away from you. That you would breathe in again, a deep breath, imagining the life and light of God sustaining and filling each and every inch of your body. And then on the exhale, imagine all of the stress and worry and fear drifting far, far away from you. Breathe in deep and then breathe out. Breathe in deep and then breathe out. And this is a prayer that you can sit with and practice for maybe just a minute or maybe several minutes. But it's a really helpful and effective way I have found to calm and return me back to center. To calm and return me back to the one who sustains my very breath. And maybe it can be a prayer that does that for you as well. So that is this week's podcast for our GPS class. Hopefully something in it is helpful for you as you go about your week, as your schedule may be a bit different this week than it has in previous weeks. But I want to close you and me out on this podcast with something that was said to me a couple years ago that I have thought a lot about in the last week or so since the events that have covered our world have been covering our lives in so many different ways. And that's simply this phrase. You have never been through this before. You have never been through this before. This is a brand new situation for everybody. That the crisis and the uncertainty that we're in with this particular situation is one that you've never been in and I have never been in and no one has ever been in. And so show yourself some grace as you try to figure out how to best navigate this for you and yours and show other people some grace and love as they also have never been through this before and they're trying to figure out how to navigate this situation well and faithfully. Because I think it's that spirit of grace and love to ourselves and to each other that is one of the best ways to navigate through what is a situation that no one has ever faced. Please know that I am praying for you all. I ask for your prayers as well. And we will be back here next week with another podcast.